What's good, everybody? Hi, I'm Jackson Fisher, along with Peyton Taylor. We've got a very special episode of Cousin Cast coming to you today. We had a very special guest that we'll get to later in the show. But uh, Peyton, tell them what's going on, man. You know, we're just trying to get through all this. Uh, you know, and we're again, we're every. It seems like every time we record, we're getting more and more back to normalcy. You know, I'm in a good mood. I'm excited. Uh, first, you know, we talked about if you follow us on social media, make sure you are Facebook. Find our cousin Cast page. And if you're not. What's wrong with you? I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, to get you through these troubling times, there's nothing better than the Dude. best podcast in Northeast Mississippi. Absolutely. But, you know, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook page is Cousin Cast, uh, Instagram at Cousin Cast, and Twitter at Cast Cousin. Uh, but we had our first, we announced our interviews of Cousin Cast, and we start, had our first one talking with a former teammate of Jackson, TJ Hanna, about his commitment to Northwest. And, uh, you know, that went really well. Uh, excited to keep this rolling. want to put it out there. If you know anybody's listening, you have any suggestions of who you want to hear, or who somebody you know that may want to come on, send us a DM. We will, you know, we're we're excited to have anybody on because the whole point of what we're wanting to do right now is kind of you know get the get our community involved. You know, get some people y'all really want to hear from. So let us know about that. Yeah. So like Peyton said, I got my good buddy TJ Hanna who just committed to uh, Northwest Community College, and we had a great episode. But this episode, we got we got a pretty big name. Our most special episode yet, I would say. And, uh, I mean, we knew some people, you know, we did some of this, we did some of that, and we got a very special guest, and that's coming from a Mississippi State fan to get on to the show. Yeah. So, I'll do it as an Ole Miss fan. Uh, excited to have head basketball coach of Ole Miss, Kermit Davis, on with us today. Uh, it was an honor talking to, you know, or what, you know, we're recording today. This is obviously coming out Tuesday. We're recording this Friday. We had him on, and it was, you know, an honor to have him on. It was such a uh, such a great time. Uh, you know, really enjoyed uh, talking to him. Yeah, and before we get it started, man, I just, we really appreciate the fact that, you know, Kermit uh, cut out some time for us to do the interview and, I mean, you get to see in the interview, he may or may not have invited us back, and we're really looking forward to that second interview. But, uh, you know, without do you have anything to say before we get into it? No, but I, I got a good intro for this. You know, yeah, let's, go ahead. without further ado, let's kick it over to the interview and hear from the flagship university basketball coach, Kermit Davis. Coach, I mean, like I said, it's, uh, it's, an, it's I'm excited to talk to you, you know, uh, uh, big, obviously, a big Rebel fan, but you know, I'm gonna start off with the question. Everybody's kind of been, we've all been doing it. How's your quarantine been? What you been up to? You know, how you been getting by during these times? Yeah, well, it's great to be with you. Um, you know, I think that we all learn to adapt to different situations, and uh, you know, during the quarantine, obviously, I've uh, we've all been touched. I had a really good pal in the NBA that almost lost his life, and he's probably about 60 years old and recovered. And I had a former player. David Edwards passed away, uh, COVID, that um, was from New York City. And uh, but besides that, you know, our players are healthy, and my family, uh, mom, dad, are in good shape. And you know, we all find ways to adapt. And we we've had a successful spring in recruiting, and give a lot of credit to, you know, obviously my staff, and and then just the players, also just not the staff adapting, but the guys that you recruit having to adapt a lot of the virtual things that we've done well yes sir uh coming up and speaking to you last summer with uh you and your dad i can i can tell that you guys are big into golf so i'm just wondering if y'all been able to play any golf since the quarantine started you know i've got i'm telling you i probably probably about now is when i'd be start to maybe playing for the first couple of times you know we've been on the road recruiting all in april uh but but i have i probably play i live right on the golf course i probably played six or seven times and it's funny my dad is he's 84 and 
you know, he has some of the symptoms, you know, so we've been, he's been very careful. And, but I did go to Tupelo yesterday. I had some Zoom stuff early in the afternoon and uh, got him and uh, took him out to a golf course. And we just, we just really hit some balls and messed around for about an hour and a half and, uh, and had a good time for sure. Well, Coach, kind of like, uh, you know, Jackson talk, talked about, you know, uh, you know, going through your father to talk to you last summer. Obviously, it's one of the worst kept secrets in Mississippi that you, your father coached at Mississippi State for uh, many years. Uh, you know, when you grew up watching him, did it kind of inspire you to be a coach or is that something that you always just kind of had in you? Yeah, there was no doubt. He was the biggest influence on me. And, you know, I was lucky. I mean, I, I literally mean this. When I was like five years old, I knew I was going to coach. I mean, there was no question about it. Uh, that's just what I love to do. And, you know, I, I got a chance to – I was so fortunate. I mean, you know, I got way ahead of the game. And my dad's a head coach in the SEC. And so I sit there and I watch that and all the people I got a chance to meet. And you're sitting on the bench at Kentucky and watching him coach against Adolph Rupp or um, sitting on the bench against Tennessee and Ray, Ray Mears, whoever it may be, you know. And so – uh, it, was, it was good. It gave me a great head start. I learned a lot, and uh, it was it was a fun, fun childhood to get dropped off at the gym about every day and go to practice. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, becoming coach, you have multiple stops at uh, a couple of junior colleges. You were at uh, the University of Idaho, Texas A&M, Utah State, and you were at LSU. But eventually you ended up at Middle Tennessee State, and you were there for a good while. Can you just talk about your time there and your experience there at Middle Tennessee State? Yeah, you know, I was at LSU, and I took the job, and a guy named Boots Donnelly was the old football coach, was the AD, great guy. We hit it off, and we took over a program, and, I mean, it's in a great area, Murfreesboro, uh, but it got there, and it's kind of a feeling of apathy. I mean, they weren't drawing four or 500 people coming to a game in a 10,000-seat arena. Uh, their team hadn't done very well. You know, I think they'd gone to maybe five or six NCAA Tournaments in a hundred year history, and uh, so we really kind of from the ground up and program broke. And until you know the last three games that I coached there before I went to Ole Miss, we drew I think right at thirty thousand people for our last three home games, and just the fan interest. Obviously, winning NCAA tournament games, uh, I just had great great pals. Uh, great administration, some unbelievable players and great assistant coaches and it's the area's boat. I mean it's just got outside of Nashville. So there's a lot of a lot of development and uh, we still have a lot of great friends there. Yeah, coach, you know, you talk about winning NCAA uh, tournament games. Obviously, uh, many people know you're a part of, you know, seed one of the biggest upsets in tournament history. You go and beat a national championship favorite Michigan State in 2016. Can you kind of take us through that? You know, what was your, you know, your team's uh, attitude going to that game? You know, expectation is you can win any game. So, you know, kind of walk us through that if you don't mind. We had two starting season-ending injuries. And and then we, we played great in the tournament, won three games, won kind of a second shot game against Old Dominion. And, uh, and we had unbelievable preparation for Michigan State. Everybody thought they were going to win the national championship. And our team, you know, we did no contact. I told our staff we're not going to do any contact the whole week before. And our team, well, we just we got up to a great start, you know, made some shots early and, uh, and just played unbelievable. Michigan State played great. 
and uh, we just we shot it from three. We moved it. They made some great runs. Probably the coolest thing about it was we played in St. Louis, and the uh, game was obviously sixteen or 18,000 people there. And real quick, when we got 15 to 2, then the whole arena became Middle Tennessee fans. So basically, we were playing a home game, and that was real good. And uh, uh, so it was, it was a fun day, and uh, it was come on the map and fun for our fans and players. Yeah, absolutely. So you, that wrap, uh, it was close to wrapping up a great time at Middle Tennessee State, but now you're at Ole Miss. And so how's your time been at Ole Miss, and how does it kind of differ from some of the stops you've already been at? Well, it, it's great to be home. You know, I grew up in this state, so it's just unbelievable to be home. And uh, to coach at the flagship university, always being indebted to, to Ross Gillard to, to give me an opportunity, and he and Keith both. And, uh, you know, my mom and dad are still living in Tupelo. i got a brother in Olive Branch, a sister in Tupelo, a daughter in Tupelo. You know, so we, we just – family's right here. And uh, so it's a great feeling to go in that pavilion and – have all of them be sitting right behind your bench. And, uh, you know, it's a place that I'm going to end my career in, um, to coach in the SEC. Uh, obviously, to be able to come to work in the, the two-week practice facility and then come to work in the pavilion, which I think is one of the top five nicest, best places to play in college basketball. I mean, it's a dream come true for me. And we're going to work every single minute that we're here uh, to try to win an SEC championship and try to make deep NCAA tournament runs. And that's what we're trying to do every single day. Yeah, Coach, I can speak for almost uh, for every Rebel fan that we're just as excited to have you as you are to be here. And, uh, when you know, at the flagship university, you have to poke a little bit of fun at Jackson. But, you know, really just uh, kind of getting close to wrapping it up, you know, let's talk about hopefully, you know, when we start back up in October, November, one of the – one I think most would can be a consistency. This is one of the best classes we've brought in you know, in program history, you've got uh, Jarkel Joyner, obviously, is going to be eligible this year. Romello White, D'Amico Vaughn coming as grad transfers. Highest-rated commitment ever in Matthew Morrell in program history. And then Sean Robinson, uh, you know, kid that has – we knew had a lot of potential. He comes off a redshirt year trying to put on strength. You know, how excited are you to have this group? And, you know, what's – obviously, like we said, expectation is to go out there and win games, make it to the tournament. But, you know, how, what is the excitement for you around this? Yeah, you know, I mean, number one, I agree. You know, what, I, what I'm really excited about I've been returning, you know, and so that's great that we've got good experience uh, with a lot of guys who started a lot of games. But what I like about this class, uh, it may not be ranked because it's a different way to, you know, to, to, to try to put together classes. And you got obviously Jarkel, you know, was one of the leading scorers in the WAC, first team, all WAC uh, as a junior. He's had an unbelievable redshirt year, Sean Robinson. Obviously, he's a bunch of weight, made a lot of progress. And then, you know, then you add experience like, you know, Romello, who's second in the Pac-12 and rebounding, Demencio Vaughn, unanimous first-team All-League at, at Ryder, you know, great experience. Uh, and then Matthew Morrell, who, you know, is, is just such a talent, great, great student. And then on top of that, you know, with Robert Allen, and he'll redshirt this year more than likely and then be eligible to play. So what you get, you get talent, you get toughness, we got experience. But then we've got youth with uh, Matthew and Sean, and uh, it really was kind of what we needed. So I do think we've got a good mixture of experience, talent coming back, and then obviously talent uh, in the new class. Well, yeah, and I, I guess you know, being a state fan, but I can just speak for any sports fan, we're just ready for sports to get back. And if that means that 
you know, Ole Miss and anybody else that's just out on the floor, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to watching any and every type of sports play, especially basketball. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, we've got to take phases. I think that we're going to probably get back into Tui on June 1. Uh, just our, our staff get acclimated. I hope our team will be there around June 15th to the 20th. Uh, we hope to get started with official workouts maybe around July 1 after everybody's gone through, everybody will be tested on through an acclimation period. We've got to do a really good job, guys, uh, of being structured, mature, following these, these great uh, guidelines and protocol that Keith and Shannon Singletary and the staff has put together because it's going to be us kind of at the forefront to pave the way for the whole university opening up with all the students coming in in the fall. And that's what we hope, you know, that that's going to happen for sure. And uh, I do. Basketball is going to get back to normal. We can't wait wait to get back to the pavilion and then those fans start coming to watch this play. Yeah, Coach, uh, I just went through transfer admissions, actually, to head to Oxford this uh, fall. And I said, you know, I'm going to be optimistic, not if, but when we start back, I can't wait to be in Club Red cheering y'all on. Uh, looking forward to this season. Coach, we appreciate you so much sitting down with us today. You got it, guys. Y'all have me back on. We get going again, and uh, y'all have a good Memorial Day weekend. All right, you too. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, man. See ya. See ya. So that was Coach Kermit Davis Jr. from uh, Ole Miss, and we really appreciate him coming on. So, Coach, if you're listening, again, we really appreciate you. And if you said at the end of the video for, you know, to have you again, so if that offer still remains, we're definitely going to do that, and we look forward to talking to you again. Man, you're going to milk that, aren't you? <laughs> no, you're doing the same. Look, no, but we do appreciate you, Coach. And, you know, that kind of leads us into it. We talked about it, you know, you talked about kind of about trying to get, you know, get staff back, get team back. The rest of this episode we're going to kind of talk about because NCAA, SEC has kind of come out with a little bit more info. You know, they had always been saying, you know, end of May is when we're going to have to make our tough decisions. And the decisions look in favor of college sports returning this year. It looks Really optimistic. Yeah, and it's just not college sports, especially here in North, uh, in, you know, Mississippi, the MHSAA. They've uh, ruled for uh, practices, or I don't know if it's official practices. You can probably elaborate. Uh, okay, so they can start out on June 1st with 50% capacity workouts. Yeah. And then they will take it like week by week, and it's 75 full capacity. No summer games of any type. Eventually, they can scrimmage inner squad. Uh, or but you know. But as, the, but the point being. You know, along with college and high school, a lot of uh, organizations are getting back in the flow of things. A lot of stuff is going to start back here June 1. So, like you said at the beginning of the uh, podcast, you know, it seems like every episode we have, we're getting further and further. And, I mean, that's a testament right there as we're getting a lot of voluntary workouts, a lot of uh, practices and stuff like that. A lot of that's getting going here soon. Yeah, you know, Keith Carter always said the goal was uh – you know, I believe for kids to get back on campus by July 1st and for staff to get back on by June 1st. And, you know, as of right now, that looks like that plan's going pretty well. You know, uh, Coach obviously said he hopes that 15th or 20th of June maybe they can start bringing players back in for, you know, small capacity workouts, stuff like that. But, you know, that's just a big – you know, it's it's great that we're seeing that because, again, you know, this is, like we said, we'll venture into a lot of stuff on this podcast, but it's mainly a sports podcast. You know, this is that's what we love. So, we're I know, just like me, you're excited to see all this returning. And it's good for, um, you know, it's really good for football because, obviously, their season starts in the fall. But for basketball, like Kermit was saying, uh, you know, they're talking about getting the staff back in and maybe getting some official, you know, team practice starting around July 1. That's about the same timeline. 
about for summer practices for basketball. No, yeah, they're they're looking at a timeline to where it's going to be uh, very similar. You know, football obviously is going to have a little bit more compressed timeline, but that comes with the territory. You know, basketball is looking like it. You know, if the curve continues to flatten, everything goes well. You know, we don't see a massive up spike in cases. You're seeing a point. We've been debating back and forth today whether you know football will return with fans because I think we're both really optimistic at this point. We're having college football this year. We just don't know if it'll be with without fans. Basketball seems like you know again it might have to be at a little bit decent, different capacity, spacing people out. But it looks like we might have basketball return more likely with fans than college football again. Depends on how you know cases turns out but of course really optimistic for that uh, the one thing that basketball has i guess going against it is the you know the rumor that the second wave coming around you know the fall to winter time just like viruses do same thing with flu and same thing with strep they're just it's more pro uh, uh, what's the word prominent yeah that's what i was thinking more prominent in you know the winter season so that's what basketball has there in its way i know um you know some schools are kind of tossing around the idea to start classes the first week of August and then go out for Thanksgiving and then not go back after that to kind of prevent that second wave. I've heard, I've seen some stuff and heard some stuff about colleges doing that, but that's I think that's the only thing standing in basketball's way. Now, like you said, football is kind of a different deal. Yeah, and uh, you know we're gonna like I said we're gonna stay optimistic because it, it is looking more optimistic than it did maybe a month back. Uh, you know, uh, again, just there and the NCAA they ruled that. You know, they can come back on June 1st. They're going to leave it up to conferences and individual colleges. And, uh, you know, for instance, like a place like California, they've already said that they don't see anybody coming back on campus until at least August and maybe not for the rest of the year. Uh, But, you know, obviously down here, a lot less cases. Uh, Ole Miss Chancellor has – he's committed to saying, look, we're – you know, we're – unless something massively changes, we're having people back on campus in August. So, obviously, for Coach Davis and the other athletic programs at Ole Miss, looks really good. And I think State's Chancellor has come out and said about the same thing, or State's President, rather. Yeah. Uh, but kind of, we'll go, we'll get a little bit off basketball there, and we'll kind of go back into the college football side of things. With um, the, we're recording here on Friday, and the SEC is supposed to, you know, vote today to resume practices either June 1 or June 15th. And I think it's going to be June 1. You know, all signs are pointing that way. But even if it's June 15th, the main question is college football, like you said, both of us are very optimistic that it's going to be played, especially down here in the South. But is there going to be fans? And me and you kind of have a different opinion on that. Yeah. um, I come from the opinion I don't see a path to fans uh, for college football, at least to start out. Um, You know, it it becomes – you know, you could have – you know, limited capacity, that's great. But, you know, you think about it, it, basketball, It's a, I think it's a lot easier to have limited capacity in basketball because you have individual, and this is a weird thing, but hear me out, you have individual seats. You know, you can spread people out, make sure they're not, you know, getting close together. When you're, you know, at a football stadium, you know, you have so many sections. You, most of the time it's benches, stuff like that. So it's really harder to keep people contained, spread out from each other. So I'm just not sure. I, I hope sincerely that we have fans but I'm not too sure if that's going to happen for college football. I'm a lot. I'm a lot more optimistic for college basketball. Yeah, and on my side of things, I kind of look at it. I guess I can kind of say polar opposite with football being you know these huge ranging from sixty thousand to a hundred thousand you know uh, capacity of you know stadiums. I think they have a lot of room to spread out. I know Ohio State, their athletic director came out 
their stadium can hold uh, around 100 to 105,000. Granted, that's, you know, huge. That's a really big stadium. And he says that he believes they can safely, was his words, fit 35 to 50,000 in the stands. It, it and, dip- and I think one of the main things about getting fans into the stadium, if you're going to go that route, is who gets in. Yeah, um, you, I, I think for that instance, you might see something like the Masters, maybe a ticket lottery, uh, something like that. Uh, or obviously season ticket holders get first priority, uh, and then after that. Family members of the team. Yeah. That's probably a whole different thing. Yeah, that's going to be, um, you know, obviously I think that's one thing. Family team, you know, family members of players, they'll be allowed in. I'm very confident about that because, I mean, you know, if only they are allowed in, you're spreading out a thousand people in a sixty thousand, you know, seat stadium. But you know, it's really going to come down to. I can see a path. Like I say, I can't see a path. I can, but it really comes down to how effectively can you keep people spread out. You know, especially it's a different from when you have a thousand people to when you get up to thirty five, fifty thousand, like Ohio State said. You know, how effectively are you going to be able to keep that many people spread out? Because obviously, you may start like that, but people obviously, it's human nature. They're going to go sit by people they know, stuff like that. You're going to have to be on top of it if we're going to have it come back uh, with fans this year. I think another thing that you run into with fans uh, being back in the stands is, you know, we always talk about that college football, it's a money game, and they've got to play because of money. And while that is true, uh, ticket revenue being an extreme part of that money, a lot of the revenue from ticket sales comes from the suites, the premium seating, the luxury seating, and I just don't see where where that can be safe. Uh, yeah. You if so, you're gonna have to limit maybe that luxury seating to ten or less people, something like that. Okay. Um, but overall, you know, a, a, an AD came out and said that you know if college football is not played, the NCAA is looking at a, losing close to four billion dollars. That's not going to happen. We will have college football this season. I can assure you that almost 99.9%. But with fans, it's a completely different story. I think college football is just going to be different in different places. You know, the SEC is going to do one thing. The ACC is going to do another. Pac-12 is going to be probably something totally different. They could. I think it's going to be all spread out. I think you could see something like the SEC and ACC starting on time and then a conference like the Pac-12 that has all those California schools maybe starting like three months later. So I think it's going to be spread out, and I think it's going to be a variety. I think some conference may have fans, some don't. I think it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out for sure. Yeah. Um. And as we let's go before we you know because I think we were going to really talk about this kind of wrap it up. Um. Let's talk, go a little bit of the runaround. We in sports. We are getting sports back. It's a, you know we st- we started with the UFC. They had a, they had a uh, event I believe two weekends ago. Uh, you know that went over pretty well. Don't um, forget the Johnson Cornhole. Yes, they they play with mask. They had mask on. I mean, they're safe. Sadly, but I have watched, and they. I mean, those guys are good. Oh, oh my gosh! You watch professional cornhole. Those, it's it's crazy. It's it's amazing. But anyway, it's, I just didn't want you to skip over cornhole. No, give the give them the respect they deserve. Uh, and then uh, NASCAR starting back. That's big down in here in the South. You know, yeah. NASCAR coming back. Without uh, all of this is without fans. And there was a lot of controversy on Wednesday. Uh, you know, if we have anybody that watches NASCAR, I'm not sure if we really do. But if we do, a uh, big race on Wednesday. Uh, fan favorite Chase Elliott looked really primed to win that race. Uh, he's kind of my dad was telling me he's kind of become the most popular racer after Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s retirement. And uh, Kyle Busch. Uh, crashed him uh, wrecked him on the la- on the last 20 laps uh 
and uh, had rain after that, and they didn't continue. I can't remember who was. I think maybe Hamlin was declared the winner, and uh, Elliott and uh, Bush had words after uh, – Chase Elliott sent him a nice uh, Tweety Bird, um, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah, he sent him a nice little, uh, two of those, actually. No, it was only one. (laughs) Okay. But, uh, yeah, and then, obviously, a lot of outrage on Twitter about that. So, you know, it was, NASCAR didn't come without, you know, a little bit of controversy. Uh, And, you know, they're trying to make up their race schedule. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, They had a midweek race, which has almost never happened in NASCAR. So, they race on Sunday, now race on Wednesday, and it was received really well. That could be something that NASCAR could continue to do, even when fans do come back, having midweek races, if drivers are up for it and, you know, the companies that sponsor them. So, you know, and we move on now from that, and we can talk a little bit more. The MLB, I think they pushed through the plan to start back baseball. I think they're making some noise, for sure. Yeah, it, I see MLB starting back. Uh, no fans. That will not have fans. I'm very sure of that. Uh, but um, I think MLB is going to start back this year. I think the NBA is going to start back this year. They look like they're having a plan to where they might start back mid-July. Of course, they've already said no fans. Yeah. They're, they're finishing their season without fans. Professional, The only professional organizations I'm seeing with fans that we can get to here in a second is PGA Tour. They're, they're first four. They're starting very soon. I think it's like middle of June. Their, their first four events are going to be without fans. And then, as of right now, after that, they're all scheduled to have fans. And then the NFL, of course, is just, you know, according to or the normal schedule. Yeah, and uh, I think all these – I think one thing for all these might be you're required to wear a mask. I think I could see that happening very uh, – you know, fans come back in any sport. But, you know, we're making big – you know, we're making big moves towards getting sports back almost completely just without fans maybe. But overall, like I've been talking about with you and other people, I'll take sports back in any way at this point. Absolutely, and if uh, we're talk, I actually talked about that in the interview a little bit. If he, we were talking Ole Miss basketball, and if that means that we're playing basketball, I'm all for it. Even though it's a state fan, I'm just ready for having sports get back, especially basketball being a huge basketball guy. Absolutely, but uh, with that, I think we, you know, kind of went through this quick episode. You know, mainly wanted you to enjoy the interview, but then talk a little bit about what we talked about towards the end. But Jackson, you have anything else to say? No, I don't have anything else to say, but of course, we again, we really appreciate Kermit Davis, Coach Kermit Davis, for coming on and doing that for us. We really enjoyed it, and I hope that he did as well. Yeah, Coach, we appreciate it. We had a great time with you. But uh, like we said, make sure you're uh, following us on social media. Again, we really do mean it. Drop us uh, suggestions for who you might want us to interview around the area because we really we enjoy I, that. Having that interview is probably, you know, been the most fun we thing we've done second uh you know second is the casties but uh, uh casties ranks the friend yeah but uh you know kermit uh had a ton of fun talking to him uh but make sure you you know you're following us there and giving us uh some ideas of who you want to hear from uh, you, again i'll shout out one more time facebook uh search cousin cast instagram at cousin cast and twitter at cast cousin uh i know we had during the interviews we had a little technical difficulties here and there but you know just stick with us we're doing the best we can Ooh. and also uh, uh shout out to milton clay for winning the inter- uh winning the giveaway yeah he has chosen chick-fil-a as his uh gift card of That's choice a wise man uh so shout out to him um and i'm trying to think of anything else yeah and i was gonna say if you don't follow us on our social medias like we were talking about earlier you would have missed the giveaway so it's uh, you got to get on our social medias, people. I'll tell you this: if college, if co- when college football comes back, if 
again, not if, when. We're doing another giveaway. I don't care what we got to do. Absolutely. We're big giveaway people. You got to spread the love. Spread the love and grow the brand. But again, Jackson, you got anything else to say? Nah, that's it, man. All right. Well, we appreciate you all again for listening. Thank you, Coach Davis, one more time. Before Jackson Finch, I'm Peyton Taylor. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.